You are listening to a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. CCEF is committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and many more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alastair Groves. Today, I am speaking with my friend and colleague, Mike Emlett. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Mike, I, um, I'm excited about today's conversation uh, because even less than usual do I have a sense of where we're going to end up, and that's fun for me. I, I find podcasting is at its best when uh, it's two people having a conversation about something they're both interested in, and, and hopefully it is of some interest to somebody else somewhere in the world. That's the nice thing about podcasts. It's surely somewhere out there is at least one person who might find it interesting, right? <laughs> but Well, hopefully, yeah. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves and set the bar too high. But um, So I just was really struck by a comment you made um, recently about your own processing of your parenting. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what you're thinking and, and really spend some time just processing our own challenges as parents, uh, as dads together. But you made a comment about two sort of phases uh, in, your, in your parenting. Uh, you want to say a little bit about how you're, how you're processing that recently? Sure. I, this, uh, this thought uh, came to me as I was, I, I was, I was walking uh, recently and was, was praying uh, for for my kids who are not in one sense kids anymore uh my my daughter is uh 20 and and my son is uh, soon to turn 18 but i was thinking about my 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 two phases of parenting when they were younger and now that they're they're older and just reflecting on my my experience of of parenting and 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 particularly the way and the ways in which um, uh, yeah, I haven't parented well, or where my own internal experience of parenting was uh, dissonant in a sense from what what I w- wished it would have been. And so the two the two modes were when they were younger, I, I struggled much more with anger, uh, and now that they're older, I struggle more with with anxiety. And so hmm. seeing how that as they have grown, how my own particular struggles in parenting and the the nub of those struggles have have changed over time as well. Hmm. I thought you were going to say giving them candy was phase one, and then I was waiting for like giving them too much allowance. But, oh, I see. <laughs> yes. you're, you're looking at your own heart here. No, I'm, there's. I'm looking going. now. Phase three. They. <laughs> They pay me. Uh, for, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good you know, phase. Let's talk yeah, about that phase, Mike. Let's let's change here. No. Um, so yeah. Okay. So so phase one anger, phase two anxiety, and interesting to hear you putting it in that language of phases, because obviously you were struggling with anxiety when they were little, and you're right. going to struggle with anger now, and you're going to have all sorts of happy things in and around. And but what? Um, say more. Like what's 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 making you process it that way? What's the connection between the two? What defined the difference between the two? Why are you seeing two phases? Yeah, I think because when um, I was aware when my when my when my children were, and I think this is, I think this is not unique to to my experience, but unique to just the whole process of parenting when children are younger versus when when they are older, and the reality of our 
control in a sense or are the way we are able to shape uh, our our kids changes o- over time so when our when our kids are young there there's much more it seems right uh, literal hands-on uh, ability to control so they they don't want to leave the you know target well guess what we are we are leaving <laughs> we are leaving the target i actually can pick you up and we all, and um and so but i think what what often happens at least it did for me when my kids were younger when they when they pushed against that that oversight and that control and that authority it, 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 I was riled up. I got riled up. I got angry. Um, it was a direct challenge, in a sense, to to my control. Now that now that my kids are older, there's all, and and I guess one thing to they, say they, they're not old enough now to pick you up and yeah, carry you out of well, target. That is actually true. That is actually true. <laughs> <laughs> is actually true. Um, so now that they're older, the it's really clear. I have very little. Uh, control um, in, in a sense. And that, um, now, I mean, in one sense, I didn't have as much control right. as I thought control I had. Did I ever have. When, yeah. when my kids were younger, particularly about the, the most critical things, right? The, the state of their heart and their relationship with, with the Lord and their character, like all of those things are things that are, we're absolutely dependent on the, on the spirit, on the spirit of God. But there's, yeah, there was more of a, I think a false sense of I can I can make this work and you're messing with the system um, here, whereas now there is a there's a for me a true sense of wow I have so little uh, control and that that puts me I think more in a tendency towards towards anxiety towards how you know how's this going to to work out or what what choices you know. Uh, are my are my kids making uh, for good or or for ill? And so I think anxiety is more when I'm when I'm struggling as a parent. Now that's more the dominant experience. Whereas before, when I struggled as a parent, I think what what came out more frequently was was anger rather than anxiety. Though, as you say, yeah, it's not that I don't struggle with anger now or didn't struggle with anxiety then, but just thinking about these dominant phases. And, and I think pair, paired with that, what then, in a sense, the, the, the task of growth looks like for me as a parent when my kids are younger versus when my kids are older. Mm. I, <clears throat> I want to double back and probe in on that particular question first, but I, there's just even a, excuse me, I want to probe on that second, but first I want to make a, a comment just which is, it, it's, it's interesting how it almost... Um, the analogy that's jumping to my head is actually the way you help children in athletic activities, thinking about like how you would help a kid with soccer, you know, when they're four or five and maybe they're thinking about going out to play soccer in the fall for their local soccer team or whatever, and get involved in the intramural league. Um, you can stand right next to them and often even on the field during the game, some of the parents are coming out and if the child's kind of shy or hanging back, you stand next to them and maybe you even kick the ball for them. And, you know, over time you end up kind of on the sidelines and only running out with the oranges at halftime. And, you know, by the time they're, 
they're in high school or college, you're up in the stands and you'll see them when they get off the bus, when they get home, you know, and yep. there's, there's just this interesting greater and greater distance that you haven't, and in a sense, you were never able to do anything for them in terms of kicking the soccer ball. Uh, but that becomes very much more evident when you're up in row 36 uh, than when it does when you're right next to them and you're sort of moving their leg for them. Um, and, and so in that sense, I'm, I'm seeing it, the, the, the phases are, are, are good words, but it's, it's probably this sort of gradual sliding yes. thing. Every step of independence, of growth, uh, both in, in terms of the growth of their struggles and the growth of their maturity, you are you are realizing indeed that you never had control, um, but also experiencing there is a different role and there's a different way in which I am to engage my child. And so coming back then to your comment about the, the nature of my own need for spiritual growth changes, I, I want to I wanna press us forward one step. So you and I are both saying, look, we never had control. The Lord has always had complete control. That's true when our child is, you know, a newborn It's true when they're in their fifties. That's not you know, that's nothing has changed in one ultimate sense. But there is a sense in which your role has changed and in which your anger at a two-year-old who is refusing to allow you to change their diaper, there's a kind of way where you really are responsible to change that diaper and it really is good to get that diaper changed and there's a kind of responsibility and control you are to have. Um, and that does seem to to shift over time. There's a way in which you are not responsible in the same way. And it would actually be inappropriate for you to be doing things for your 20 year old that you did for your two year old. Um, and so that shift from anger to anxiety does seem to be capturing something about the mm -hmm. shifting nature of your parenting. So thoughts as you've been processing here on what, what is the nature of that shift of your own need mm -hmm. for growth? It's always still to depend on the Lord, of course. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think in, in some ways, um, Paul Tripp taps into this in Age of Opportunity where he has this graph that earlier in life our authority or our authoritative presence uh, with our children is higher and in our in a sense our influence is lower and that flips you know over time over time there is less if you will brute authority uh, that, that that we have um, not that and I'll talk about that in a second. I think the way we steward that authority is that's where the, you know, where the place of growth is maybe when our kids are younger. Um, but then over time, the, the influence uh, that we potentially have over our children in, increases. So there's an inverse relationship. And I think that maybe that also reflects that, that shift where um, if I, if I view if I'm, if I'm more, if you will, authoritarian in the way I'm parenting um, and controlling, then, then anger is, a, is something that's just always nipping at, at my heels. Uh, I'm always going to be tempted in that, in that way. And at a point in life in parenting where um, my authority in a sense uh, has, has waned and, and particularly as, as my children are, you know, when they move into adulthood, um, it's just, it's just very different. There's, there's a possibility of influence, but 
I think what that what that means is there's there's a place where I don't have direct control and any and this is true across the board with the problem of anxiety. Um, no matter what it is, I, there are things that I don't have control over in terms of my, you know, my finances or I don't have control over in terms of the particular situations that happen on a on a given day. How will I respond. And I think in that's, that's just true in parenting when our when our kids are older there's just much less direct oversight and control that we have and so the the pattern of struggle at least for me has has moved more into the anxiety realm it's interesting we should be talking about this today mike i um just dropped off my youngest child uh at kindergarten for the very Mm. first day of kindergarten so this is my my young child, finally, all my kids are now in school, yeah. dropping him off at kindergarten this morning. And it was interesting because um, I, I think I would, I would like you say that, you know, the, the struggle for me right now in parenting, my kids are younger than, than yours. Mine are, you know, five, almost eight and 10. Um, and um, I, uh, I can still pick them up and take them out of Target if need be, although there isn't a Target anywhere near us, so that's not as much of a problem. <laughs> you drive an hour and a half to get to Target from up in the woods here. But anyhow, the point being, I'm, I'm sitting there with him, and, and you know, there's various steps if you walk into the classroom with him, and I think I was, I was feeling in myself a certain temptation to be irritated with him sort of clinging when I was asking him to let go of my leg and whatever. But it was, it was one of those happy moments where the context is so obviously he is just nervous and scared and this is hard. And even though he's been in preschool in this school, it's still just a really difficult thing to actually be left in this new situation. And so the, the, the anger was pretty small. But what's been interesting to me today is I've had a very busy day just in terms of schedule-wise since that happened a few hours ago. Um, and yet as I've had you know, brief moments, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee or whatever, it's actually sort of popped back up into my mind that he is going through this hard first day of school and that I'm helpless. There's nothing I can do. My, my responsibility, my godly choice as a parent was to walk away from my child as he was wanting to cling to my leg more and therefore entrusting him into the school's hands and therefore the Lord's hands, ultimately trusting that the school is a good place for him to be. And uh, it's been funny because I've actually felt I wouldn't have put these words on it until you shared these thoughts, but I I think what's happening for me is I'm actually feeling more anxious for him Mm -hmm. than I otherwise would have. And I've actually been grateful for the Lord putting him on my mind in between busy moments in a work day and having the chance to, you know, briefly pray for him. Um, It is more comfortable for me just not to think about it. Like, I'll be fine. Which is which is true. He is going to be fine. He's a pretty resilient kid, and I know he's going to like kindergarten. It's actually not that hard to to mentally get there. But I'm actually, in a weird way, mm-hmm. thankful for the increased anxiety I would say I'm having with him today, as I'm recalling it, and instead of just pushing it out of my mind, I've been trying to say, like, you know what, this is really hard for him, and I need to actually be willing to enter into that, and I am helpless in this very direct and obvious way. So. I think probably what's really happening here, Mike, is I'm slowly growing out of the immaturity uh, that I've been in. I'm, I'm closing the gap toward where you have come and your, uh, your heights of sanctification. I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm trying to struggle more like you, and, and I'll get there. Uh, more like a molehill than a mountain <laughs> of uh, sanctification, Alistair. But yeah, I think um, I do think there's a, there's a way in which my... I recognize my helplessness as a 
as a parent more now uh, than I than I did earlier. I think, and again, because anger feels mobilizing. Anger feels I can get in there and correct. I can do this. something about this. I can, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can change this situation or change this. You know, this this person. You know, and I, in truth that's that's an opportunity in that moment to say this is not working out lord i am beyond myself i'm losing my temper help me please help me to know what to do um here um just as it is an opportunity now when lord there is nothing i can do here and i actually need my children to grow in their ability to make choices and stand on the sidelines and take the the fears that I might have in that moment. That also is an opportunity right now for me to say, Lord, help me. And I, I just think that I actually am experiencing my my helplessness more now as as a parent in ways that I uh, I wish, looking back, that I would have done that more, seen that more um, earlier um, in in my parenting, rather than, okay, that didn't work, but this time, this this <laughs> right. tactic is gonna. That's this, right. This approach is gonna work. Yeah, Mike, will you say a, a word or two as you're? I mean, I I'm hearing loud and clear from you a theme of. I need the Lord to help me, whether it's anger or anxiety. It doesn't matter where in my parenting I am. It doesn't matter how much control I have in a sort of appropriate sense of human. Yes, I have responsibility to change a diaper and control over this diaper getting changed and pulling you out of target. It doesn't matter where on that spectrum I need the Lord's help. If that's temptation with anger, if it's temptation to run away from the Lord in my anxiety. But how would you put words on your own growth at this moment? If you're, th- if you're saying, in the next week, here's what I hope to be doing as a result of this insight, here's here's where I'm wanting my heart most to grow. Here's what it looks like for me to entrust this well to the Lord. Okay, I'm seeing my helplessness. Here's what I'm trying to do with that. How how would you put that personally? Yeah, so I think because I'm in in a sense more of the anxiety phase now. There's there is a reality in which, in that place of a greater sense of helplessness, there still are two temptations, right? There's one one temptation is to become more more passive and there's nothing I can do. Uh, and there's an anxiety associated with that, but also a, a sort of resignation. Well, that's, that's not helpful. And still, I can be tempted in the midst of anxiety to place control and put controls on where it actually isn't good, you know, for my, for my children. I think in the short term, like there's a short term, like, ah, okay, good. That, you know, I, I've saved them from that consequence or I've, you know, I've kind of mitigated some hurt that they're, they would experience if I had just kind of let things play out. That's, that's a variation of the kind of control that I did maybe when, anger was more, you know, was more prominent. Um, so I think I, I need to be aware of both of those temptations, kind of the throwing up my hands passivity or still places where I can move towards over control. But neither of those really relieve my anxiety because they're all, they're both of them are self or self-oriented. So I, I think, I mean, one very practical way in which it's, um, well, I guess a couple of practical ways. I mean, one is 
I think I'm much more um, more inclined to to pray particular scriptures, you know, for for my children um, in ways that maybe I didn't as much when they were uh, when they were younger, which in and of itself is providing uh, providing an anchor uh, f for me in terms of well, this is this is what God says is important. So this is clearly important, you know, for, for my, for my children. And so I can, I can pray that, uh, and pray that repeatedly. I found myself, you know, praying, you know, uh, you know, Philippians three, praying that, um, that, that, that the Lord would be surpassingly great <laughs> to my, uh, to, to my children and, and, and doing that, uh, in a repeated way. I think, um, having more dialogue with, uh, with, with my wife, Jody, in terms of like, do you think that was uh, okay what I did there? Or do you think I, you know, um, have I, did I pull back too much or did I press in, you know, too much in terms of a, a control um, sh sharing, you know, when, when I'm anxious rather than just kind of um, dealing with that in the echo chamber of my own mind. So I think those are some of the, some of the ways in which I'm, growing um at this at this juncture hmm. <clears throat> you're you're getting me processing on my own side uh on just even where where does my own heart need to need to grow in in my parenting and i think i think right now probably similar to the to the struggle i just voiced in terms of like okay am i going to am i going to allow myself to just kind of check out and be like okay it's uncomfortable to think about my child sitting there crying as I'm walking out of the kindergarten room and my mind kind of just wants to move on and go think about something else and sort of say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So why, why worry about it? Kind of mm -hmm. that's shut down. is probably my instinct in the, in the face of anxieties um, about my kids more often. Um, but it's, it's even got me thinking and, and maybe we can kind of close on this thought is any, just any reflections, thoughts, things you're learning, things you would say to others or to me. Um, how do you, how do you wisely uh, discern between, or just thoughts even, what's the difference between a godly, I love my kid, and so they're on my heart, and so it matters, and so I think about it, and so I want to take action, and so it weighs on me if I don't see them doing well, or if I sense this could go very badly for them, versus, of course, then uh, an idolatrous or obsessive or... I, um, my child means everything to me in a bad way and is coming before the Lord. And therefore my anxiety is revealing in me this, um, uh, it's, it's an anxiety that is expressing a heart trusting in man rather than trusting in the Lord. Uh, those are in one sense, night and day polar opposites. Um, in another sense, there can be a really fine line between godly concern and godless anxiety that that swirls godly anxiety that's a godly concern versus godless anxiety that is a um uh, obsessive or um destructive or pushing away from god and toward man kind of thing any thoughts on your own experience there yeah i think it uh in in one sense that's captured in that temptation toward passivity or maybe over yep. overact activity um if the the almost like an under concern like uh, whatever the, um or uh you know kind of uh, a ramping up uh, over concern and and control and you know 
I think of it's. I think it's in Second Corinthians eleven, right, where Paul's talking about the 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 burden that he feels for the churches and the, the daily anxiety that that he has. I think the way we would view that is that's an appropriate. Like he's saying, I have an appropriate pastoral burden uh, for my. Uh, for these for these people and i think in a in a similar way we have an appropriate uh, and god-given pastoral burden for our children and i think how do i tell the difference between godly concern and uh, and something that is moved in an ungodly way uh, i mean i think one certainly the the baseline litmus test is Am, am I cast on the Lord in the midst of that? Or am I, you know, am I moving toward him in dependence and prayer? Am I, am I sharing my heart with others? Uh, so even talking with other, other parents, I think is a, is a, is a step against or a push against that. I've got to work this out, uh, work this out myself. So Am I, in a sense, very simply, am I being increasingly oriented towards the Lord and oriented towards other people, not just my children, but just uh, am I talking with my my wife? Am I talking with friends? Um, I I think these are some things that parents struggle uh, to to talk about and feel shame and and but that often sends us in more of that inward uh, inward spiral. Um, so I think that's how I you know, is there, is there joy? You know, is there, I mean, not that every, every moment of every day, right, as a, as a parent is, is joy filled, but is there, is there a sense of hope? Is there a sense of joyfulness in my parenting? Am I, am I aware of the places where I see God at work? All of those things, I think, help me to discern, am I in this place that is, um, you know, Un, uh, you know, ungodly anxiety and over concern that leads to bad fruit. And my children can highlight plenty of, you know, places where that has resulted in bad fruit, whether it's the more of the passivity kind or more of the, why are you, why are you putting this restriction on me now, you know, kind of, uh, kind of thing. So that's, that's what I would look for. Hmm. That's really, it's really helpful, Mike, to hear you say that. And it's actually, it's provoking an interesting question. I know I said that was our last thing, but I, I'm, let's, let's call this a follow on uh, elaboration on that rather than a completely <laughs> new topic. But no, I just, I so often hear, I mean, at least, at least within sort of evangelical reform circles, you know, I, I hear us speaking a language that I completely agree with and appreciate, which is the language of the, the problem of idolatry, the problem of, Sin, the problem of desires uh, when they're off is that they are too much. They're too great. They are ult- they've become ultimate things rather than mm-hmm. uh, you know, appropriate concerns, desires, etc. And I think that's absolutely right. But sometimes the way I hear that play out is it sounds like what we're saying is, okay, it's all right to feel a little bit concerned about your kid, maybe even sort of moderately concerned, but once it becomes really concerned, that's too much. It's sort of like, I'm looking for this boundary line, this fine Mm. point along the spectrum of how big a deal is this to me. And at some point it's going to cross this line from being an appropriately big deal into being this idolatrous, bad, terrible thing, as if idolatry is sort of a point that begins along a spectrum. 
And even as I'm saying that, I'm saying, I don't, I don't think that's the right framework. Mm -hmm. not, it's not, it's not, I'm not arguing for the line shouldn't be so tight. It's like, no, I don't think idolatry starts when something finally becomes such a big deal. I think you can have idolatry that is happening in very small, tiny, hardly even notice it, not very big desire kind of ways. And I think you can have enormously pressing senses of weight and concern, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like Paul in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, 28, saying, you know, on top of this, I bear daily the weight of my anxiety for all the churches. That burden is a heavy one because he loves those churches. And so I'm just trying to think if, if it's not saying, okay, well, if this gets to be too big of a deal to you, that's how you know it's a bad thing. You're highlighting something else. You're actually talking more about, am I taking this to the Lord? Is this casting me on the Lord? And I'm not, I'm actually almost wondering if the better way, at least in anxiety, especially with our kids, but with anything, of course, is actually to deal with it at the level of, um, yes, my, th there's a core burden and it might be a burden for a bad thing. It might be like, I'm anxious that I'm going to get caught with my pornography addiction. Like, well, that's, that's an anxiety about a, a sinful problem you're having. You're valuing something wrong altogether yep. there. Right. Yep. But, but in, in the sense of there's a good burden on my heart, I wonder if if the reason things really get off is because we are running toward ourselves, which is then fundamentally on one level causing the problem to spiral mm -hmm. versus running to the Lord, which doesn't stop the anxiety or solve the problem, quote unquote, or at least not in the way we would tend to think of it. Right. Um, but it does, it changes the experience of that anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually maybe the fundamental line, not so much the size of the anxiety, right? I'm thinking yeah, about no, I think that's right. I, I think um, you're right. S situationally, things may not, may not change. My child may still be throwing a temper tantrum on the floor of Target or wherever. Which is awkward when she's 20. Which is, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm talking at the earlier end of the spectrum. Oh, I see. Uh, fortunately, my 20-year-old my does not do that. Um, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, there's this, um, there's this sense of the situation may not change, but something, God is at work, the spirit is at work in my own heart in the, in the midst of that. And so that's one, I, one thing I, I think I hear you saying. Another thing is, I've, I've just, I've been reading through the minor prophets and th the heart of God is extremely passionate, right? He, he, so there's, you don't see any me mediocre level yeah. of concern. There is this high concern for his people and for their, their flourishing and for the ways in which they are, they are turning from him and pursuing to use Jeremiah's language, broken, you know, broken cisterns that can't hold water. So there's not this, well, whatever, you know, um, there's nothing I can do or um, kind of an ultimate annihilation. You know, there is this, there's this, um, to use, I think it's David Pallison's term, the constructive displeasure of mercy that is at work. And I think that's, that is part of what happens when anxiety in a sense is a is a it's the godly anxiety of you know i have this burden uh, a right and godly burden for the church in paul's case or our children is from a from a parental but it it doesn't mean that we are that we are less passionate or less concerned but the direction of that passion and concern is oriented towards the lord yeah 
Well, Mike, I think we've said just about everything there is to say about uh, parenting and anxiety and most of what there is to say about parenting and anger. So I really appreciate uh, the conversation. Yeah, the one the sliver time. of the, the toothpick that's part of the redwood. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for the conversation, Mike. Thanks, Alistair. Obviously, there is a great deal more that could be said about parenting. Uh, one person who has said a lot about parenting that I would love for you to have the chance to listen to a bit, uh, at least with your eyes in this case, reading her work is Julie Lowe. Uh, those of you who are uh, frequent listeners to the podcast know her. She's been on a bunch. She's written an article in the Journal of Biblical Counseling called Parenting by Faith, Not Formula which is an article that gets at the heart of her book, which has come out called Childproof, uh, subtitled Parenting by Faith, Not Formula. You can find that uh, for free at ccef.org slash podcast. It'll be free until the next episode goes up. Just enter podcast at checkout. Uh, follow the instructions there on the webpage if you want to delve further into these topics. Um, and we welcome your input. Podcast at ccef.org hesitate to shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for taking the time to spend with us. Until next time, blessings. Blessings.